So I decided I was going to record myself because everybody was going Facebook Live, right? I'm going to show myself. So I said, hey guys, I got a song. It's called Dirt Road. I just wrote it and I just played it and I put it out there. That's Deanne talking about our new album, Play Them Cards. I'm Jamie Green and this is Trading Force. Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Trading Fours. I hope you're doing well. Uh, I had a milestone here, people. This is the first interview that I did indoors with a person in over 14 months. Deanne Kinch, who is known professionally as Deanne, came over to the house. We had a little cocktail hour and discussed her new album, Play Them Cards. And we're going to talk all about that. Uh, Oops, hang on a second. I thought I turned that off. Hello? Hey, Jamie! Arzel? Is Arzel? Let's do a thing, buddy. What's going on, man? I mean, I guess our lines got crossed. I, I mean, you know, here I am. Here you are. I think we should hang out. Well, what's what are you up to? I was what just doing an open for to? my podcast. Well, I mean, I love listening to your podcast. Clearly, I'm going to be stopping by anyway, and I figure that well, while I'm here, you know, going to listen to what you're going to bring us. If you're cool, can I drop a little news? Do it, brother. Let's go. So, uh, in fact, I need you to go ahead and circle a date in your calendar, my friend. June fifth. Right. Okay. June fifth at Lemonade Park. We are doing what's called the Summer of Sound Volume One. District and the pitch. I, in a pandemic myself, Ben went. We launched what is called District because we believe local never left. It is an a media company. It's basically podcasting and local music and video, and it's going to be on demand. It's going to be in real time, twenty four seven kind of that radio vibe since I'm a radio man. And we're also going to be known for throwing parties and, and throwing concerts. Our app will be released and you'll be able to get that in the App Store or Google Play. But in the meantime, we want to kick it in Kansas City because, again, man, local never left. So June 5th at Lemonade Park District and the pitch we'll be putting on, like I said, Summer of Sound Volume 1, Dream Girl, We the People, John is the New Black, and the Moose kicking it with us in Kansas City at Lemonade Park. I mean, I think that that's a good time. Jamie, you tell me. It sounds wonderful. Live music, live events, outdoors, right? Down. Tell people where Lemonade Park is exactly. If people don't Lemonade know. Park, it is in the bottoms. This is like, you know, my stomping grounds, uh, basically in the pandemic. I feel like this has kind of been my bat cave. We've been trying to formulate all these schemes. And uh, so... I have been working with district, you know, and doing all this stuff down here in the bottoms. And it's so just makes sense that our first big event would be in the bottoms at Lemonade Park. You know, uh, I'm in the West Bottoms, So I guess technically that's the East bottoms cross uh, the livestock district, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's all, you know, it's all penciled in imaginary line. All of it is, is a big place to hang out. And that's what we're going to be doing on uh, June 5th, my friend. Well, that sounds fabulous, and I will uh, give everybody down in the show notes a link so they Please can do. Lemonade, I believe it's LemonadePark.com. Don't quote me on that. You're a better man at this than I am, so please uh, <laughs> visit the show notes uh, in Jamie's podcast. And my brother, again, I don't know how this happened. Our, our lines got crossed, but wow, I mean, just the chance that we got a chance to make this work, this is 
Perfect. Best case scenario. It was fabulous. I will call sometime into your podcast and make. I cannot wait to have you call in. I'm going to have you call and you're going to stay for a while because it's going to be intentional. And I'm going to have you chatting for hours, my friend, because you and I cannot wait to hang out with. And hopefully June 5th, we can make that work. All right. Well, Hartzell, it's so good to talk to you. Uh, I'll appreciate it. And I'll make sure everybody knows all about this. But uh, hey, live music is back and let's celebrate. Hey, local never left. We're doing this together. District and, you know, the pitch, it's a great thing that we put together and it's all about community. This is getting back in the streets. We have a chance coming out of this pandemic, my friend, to redefine our entire scene, our entire district, if you will. And I mean, you got Dream Girl, you got We The People, you got The Moose, and then we got John DJ and John is New Black. I think that is a really good repilot in uh, whatever this scene is that we're putting together or re-putting together. And uh, we'll see you at the district and we'll see you at Lemonade Park, June 5th. All right, man. Thanks so much. Uh, But before we get going, let's do a little bit of housekeeping down below. I have joined the Patreon world. So if you would like some exclusive content, like say, I don't know, transcripts of the interviews, video where I actually videotape all these, you're more of a video person, more of a visual person. You want to watch more than just listen. That's up there, and the opportunity in the future to uh, be in person for interviews. That's all, you know, able to happen with Patreon, and it's not that expensive. Uh, would love it. You know, this is a labor of love. I'm not getting rich off it at all, so any little bit helps to offset costs. So, today, the guest is Deanne, like I said. She's got a brand new album coming out just this week, and we had a great conversation. And, you know, it's interesting if there's nothing I can think of in my lifetime, except for maybe 9-11, that has changed people so dramatically as COVID has. And both in some positive ways and some negative ways. And in Deanne's case, you're going to hear there's some remarkable things that come out of COVID where her creative fire and juices really get going and she has the opportunity to sit down and write and record. Um, and there's also a real tragic part of it, too. So let's get started. Here's my conversation with Deanne. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, let's just get started then. Yeah, good way. So uh, thanks so much for being on Trading Fours. And, you know, it's it's interesting that you and I were in the same orbit. And I, we probably, what, I don't know, 40, 50 mutual Facebook friends. Most definitely. Facebook friends. Right. Um, <laughs> But we've never met in person until no. today. Um, and as I said offline, you're the first person that I've done this inside. Uh, in so privileged. Well, you're welcome. It's, it's, it's nice. It, it's it's kind of strange to do this again this way. I'm sure. And um, it's strange for me to sit in a room with somebody, actually. Yeah, isn't yeah. that a little creepy <laughs> if you're like, is this okay? You know, um, right. but I appreciate it. I think a good place to start is, is you know, uh, a lot of people are going to know you, like you said, from Superstar Mafia and stuff, but, you, but you've got a new album out. I do. It's coming out real soon, correct? It does, yeah. So I have a release party on June 2nd. Okay. But then it will drop out everywhere on June 3rd. Okay, so, so real quick. Yeah. So probably the week that this drops itself, it'll be the week before. So Yes. So tell me about the album. What's the first, it's uh, Play Them Cards, right? Play Them Cards, right. yeah. So the album is really, it started out um, with songs that I'd written during my travels with my day job, with my work. And I had been writing things would come to my mind and I would just be on the plane and I'd like one of my songs on the album is called crash into me happened to write that on a plane ironically. 
ironically enough. Yeah, but, it's a little scary. Yeah, it is scary. And <laughs> my mom will tell you it's a little scary song to her. I mean, it's got like a really kind of a deep, kind of a dark, you know, tone to it. But right. that's the interesting thing about this album is that when I wrote it, these songs, I mean, there's it goes down a lot of different um, lanes, if you want to say. I think that probably is because I've been in cover bands for over 13 years and my taste if you want to say of music is very broad Mm -hmm. i think like most people's honestly i mean a lot of people you know they um will dig from different wells and if you want to say and this album is very much that however it really is based several of the songs based on my growing up and so it kind of took this weird roots country vibe right that which I didn't is not what you coming. do in the cover bands at all i actually do sing country and some, like we are quite a diverse right. cover of songs so you come out see superstar mafia you're going to see everything from i mean you're going to see a little bit of rock a little bit of country a little little jazz a little bit of rap i mean you're going to see all kinds of genres in superstar mafia but okay. that, i think you'll, that's because the players in superstar mafia we are such a diverse group anyway you're a democracy in your band we truly are that's good yeah it's, it's, really it's nice is. to be this age and not have all the egos and it, you know that's something that definitely was um laid down early on in our band and i think that is because probably from the founding father jerry Baton. He, he already had, he kind of was past that. He was right. like, hey, listen, I'm on borrowed time. I'm right. here. I'm ready to do this. Yeah. No time to argue. No time to sit there and have an ego. Let's do it. No, totally. So. If it's not fun, why do it? Right? 100%. Absolutely. So you grew up in a little town in Kansas. What's tell me about this? Place. Yeah. So a little town called Augusta, Kansas. Now I don't know where this is. Am I in trouble for not knowing? Not or, at all. Do most people not just know don't tell me it's in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> so where's it by? It is actually just about 25 miles east of Wichita. Okay. So if you know where Andover, Kansas oh, yeah, is, yeah. it's just a little further beyond Andover. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. So you grew up there. Did you grow in town? Did you grow up on a farm? Where'd you grow up? Right. So I grew up in town. However, my father had an RV dealership and had it for 45 years. Um, We are the ones who sold all the trailers and and different um, horse trailers, things like that to all the farmers and to the rodeo, you know, the ropers and all the different um, people who were around our community um, who were in the rural areas. So, Mm -hmm. and I grew up, you know, in the dirt. Let's just okay. put it that way. I was a little bit of a tomboy and had bro- older brothers and I was keeping up. Are you the baby? I was the baby. I'm the baby of my family too. See? So. That's why we get along. Yeah. Yep. I have three older sisters, which is like having four mothers. And I had brothers. So you <laughs> understand. They still tell me what to do. I'm 53 years old. And I still get advice. But and I tell right. them what to do. It's yeah, just kind do. of a, gen- I guess it's just a flip reversal. Yeah. But yeah, I guess yeah. once you become a mother, you're a mother for everybody. I, right? It's true. And including bands sometimes, but yeah. and you know, they're precious, but I think that's an element that They've adopted, they've accepted in me. So, so did you play music growing up? When yeah. did you first get the bug? When did you first start playing? Sure. So when I was young, I mean, my mom is a pianist, a flautist, a um, amazing vocalist. Okay. And so, you know, every wedding and funeral and event in the four, you know, county area, like my mom was the one who people are, oh, Janelle's voice. She's just, oh, I love that beautiful voice. Oh, we just love. So she was known and she also is still to this day at 70. I won't give her exact That's age right. in her seventies. She still has 25 piano students. So That's I mean, awesome. she's well known in the community. So growing up, it was always a piano student coming in. Um, I never took piano student piano lessons from her she was smart enough to send me to her best friend right so but I had piano lessons all growing up saxophone I was in choir I I just loved music and 
my dad had an RV dealership. So he of course did advertising on KFDI out in Wichita and he got a lot of free tickets to a lot okay. of concerts and my brothers would take me. So, so what'd you like? So growing up, who did you see? And you're just like, wow, I'm blown by that. All the eighties bands. Like, come on. Like I was all about Motley Crue, Poison. I was all you're about you were that girl. I was that girl. And also class of rock. I mean, because my brothers were eight years older than me. Okay. So, you know, I was, I was loving all of the, the sticks. I mean, I hate to admit that, but I was that classic rock girl. I was loving anything I could get a hold of that had big keys, big, big, you know, that big drop, that big, the big, the big voice, the big vocals. Right. And, um, so you'll have to stay tuned because there might be somebody from Sticks on this show pretty soon. So. That's exciting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'll not, it's not uh, completely verified, but it, it, it's a strong possibility. So wonderful. So can't wait. Now, uh, you know, that's interesting. In fact, uh, the guest I had on too before you, he did nothing but a good time. The book all about hard rock. Have you, have you read this book? Have you <laughs> not? So it's all about the mid, well, even early 80s how this neighborhood, you know, Hollywood, which you, the Sunset Strip is really a very small area. You know, LA is huge and massive and stuff, but these guys all knew each other and played with each other and fought amongst each other. So, you know, Tracy Guns is the, what L, you know, that became Guns N' Roses, his name is, you know, and all that. It's very almost, incestuous is not the right word with these band, but it's really interesting how much stuff. And then, and I guess the overall thing, and I think you'll probably agree is it's a lot of fun, right? That was right. why the 80s music is, oh, it's a good time. It's a, there's a song written about exactly, but a good time. But Come you know, on. and I think that's really interesting because uh, seemed like music got sad. <laughs> yeah, very sad. Yeah, it wasn't much fun for a while. Um, anyway, so that's interesting. So you're growing up and can't. Where'd you go to? Co- you went away to college, correct? I'm not too far. Wichita State University. Okay, yeah. you were a shocker. I was a shocker, and I was very involved. I mean, you name it, I did it. You meet your um, husband there? I did. He okay. was in a fraternity. I was in a sorority and uh, we met and uh, yeah, it was a blast. We had a great time. That's fun. Yeah. And I actually was in, you know, music, even in college, even though I was a, have a teaching degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually ended up being in the black and gold show choir at Wichita State, which is just 12 cool. strong, but we, we sang and danced. And so we, where you go travel around and like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, we did the whole thing, but I was also on a cross country and track scholarship for oh, what's your years. Race? What was your race? 800. That was my big, my big race, but I was a long distance runner. So, but I could kill the 800 just because I had that little bit of speed I needed, but I had the endurance to be able to. You're going to be able to put up with some pain on the 800, right? Like you get it. Oh yeah. It's yeah. no joke. Like you, people are like, oh, I can do the quarter and blow. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> I had a little attitude. Yeah, I have, but yeah, I think you have to have a little bit of that you no, know, no, no. when you're competitive. You, you were busy. I was, I was, I was also, you know, my sorority, I was in leadership. I did all of it. All of, I did all the stuff. That's where you yeah. have the energy to do it. Right. I do. And I don't think it ever has gone away. I know it's, it's a, it's a good thing to have though, when you want to be on stage for four hours at, oh my God. I hate to say it, my age. <laughs> so no, that's when the adrenaline energy. has to kick in, right? It does. It does. For no, sure. it's funny. So, uh, well, that's great. And then you've been here. How long you been in Kansas city now? 24 years in Kansas City. Right out of college, we moved up to the Olathe area. So I interviewed for a teaching to job and I did Blue Valley, Olathe schools. And then my mom said, hey, would you want to go to Italy with me in October? And I remember going, I can't do that if I'm teaching. Right. So I go, yes, I would. It's a, I mean, she was paying for it. It was a situation where my dad couldn't go. So I said, Yeah. You know what? So I didn't answer the second interview for teaching and I ended up getting a job with a group that actually, ironically enough, um, 
is where I'm going to, the same family that I'm actually going to have my um, party at their location on June 2nd, it was a company that they had here locally. So I worked for a vendor for Sunmaker Systems and okay. I helped uh, open up training centers for Solaris Operating System. Okay. I'm a little bit of a nerd at the end of the day. So. Okay. That's all right. Yep. That's all right. So we talked a little bit about this offline too. So you, 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 had the neighborhood ban. Yep. So, so what, I, and I, I don't, you know, I don't, I know you're not, you're never supposed to ask a woman's age. I'm not curious, but how generally, how old were you when you decided to do the band? Thing? Absolutely. Mid thirties. I was like, okay, you know what? I had babies. I, and I'll be completely candid. I'm not concerned about my age at all. I, I, uh, People usually are kind of shocked when I tell them I have a 21-year-old son. That's nice. Though. And it's great. It's a great compliment, and that's wonderful. I'll take it all day long. Um, but, yeah, I was, you know, I came up here. I worked. I had a premature baby at two pounds. I decided I wasn't going to go back into the, the working field. I would worked in, up here for about almost four years. And after having him early, I was like, I'm focusing him on this baby. He needs time with me. I need to focus on that. And I was fortunate enough to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I did that for over 12 years and had another child's have two boys and there's 21, 17 now. And when I was in my mid thirties, I got approached about, I'd done some karaoke with friends, of course, uh, having a few drinks. Right. <laughs> so I'd wail. And next thing you know, I've got neighborhood people who have been in band saying, Hey, you should come sing with us. We're going to start this band. So we did. And it actually is the same name of our neighborhood, the Heatherstones. And we actually still do play out. We uh, just had a rehearsal last night and um, we had the gig Thursday evenings from six to nine on the patio at one block South, which is now game time district. Yeah. Cause Overland one Park. block South went South. It, it did. Went out of business. It did. Uh, you know, I mean, we were, you know, I was very fortunate to have a good relationship with the previous owner. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, now it looks like we're going to get some Thursdays again, starting in, right after Memorial Day. Okay. So, yeah. And, you know, we bring in a great crowd in that area because well, that's we are what the bar local. owner wants, man. Yeah. We're bringing in the crowd. We got local people. We've been in that area for 20 some years. People know the Heatherstones and our little circle there. And right. let me tell you, we're pretty good. <laughs> We're fun. And we have a lot of, we have banjo, saxophone. I mean, we bring out a lot of different instruments and different um, flavors. So there's a lot of texture happening in that band. It's yeah, fun. you don't hear banjo much. I mean, yeah. I mean, when you're, <laughs> yeah, you don't hear banjo much. So. No, that's great. Yeah. So why'd you decide to do an album? I mean, obviously you, you already had two bands, right? You got the Heather Stones, you got Superstar Mafia and you're like, no, I need more to do. I, let's, let's record an album. Well, you know, it's, it's <laughs> when you, like I said, in 2020, you know, I'd written some songs. I, I thought I was going to write this, just journal all this, these songs. I was starting to get in my head. And then 10 years from now, when I actually had time, I'd right. be able to maybe throw a couple out and get a few singles put out or something. But stars aligned and COVID happened. And the silver lining for that was time was created in my world. Yeah. And because of that, I was able to connect with a few very key people that made helped kind of open this door. So I wrote a song called dirt road first, and I grab my guitar I play guitar kind of chords. I'm not going to say I'm some kind of, you know, connoisseur, but I definitely have enough that I can Right. pull together song. So I decided I was going to record myself because everybody was going Facebook live. Right. So yeah. I'm like, I'm going to show myself. So I said, Hey guys, I got a song. It's called dirt road. I just wrote it and I just played it and I put it out there. And next thing I know I have, and I'm not to drop names. And I don't think he would mind, but I had some great people like my 
my good friend, Troy Schuster, who's actually drumming in our release party. And he's, he's been an amazing support and encourager, um, called and he said, Hey, I want to be your drummer when this thing goes. And I was like, I put one song out on Facebook. And I, guess, I don't care. I'm taking divs. I want to be, I want to be that person. I was like, okay, right. well, that was pretty encouraging to have that, that day. And then I had go, go Ray reach out to me. Go, go is amazing. I mean, he's such a good, he's ridiculously, he's good. ridiculously not only just talented, but just a wonderful human being. He's super nice. Yeah. So he did him, the drums on my theme song. There you go. I mean, and insisted not to pay. Like I said, I can give you, you no. Know, and he came in here, he sat right there uh, with my e-kit and, and then you can, you know, you can replace everything with the e-kit and it's, yes. and it's phenomenal. And every take, he did three takes for me. All three were perfect, but he was like, Oh, I think I'd do a little better. Studio so, musician. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So no, good yeah. was great. It is amazing. And so just to have that extra encouragement. And then again, I had another, per- just several people in the case music scene and um, you know, Tyson, Tyson, Leslie, he he's, he's been an amazing support too. So just little things that had happened and it kind of encouraged me. And I thought, okay, they keep telling me to keep writing. I'm going to keep doing this because it's in my head and I have it all. So I put out whole series within mm-hmm. two months. I dropped a song every week. Wow. And I had them all on my guitar. I just kind of put them out there. Not all of them are on the album. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's a few that are on the album that I wrote right before, right after 2020, like right January of 2021. Okay. Uh, they were kind of last minute things. And I was like, I have to have this one on the album. But really what kind of took off the recording pieces after I finished the, my little online series, mm-hmm. I said to, I, I just said on my little Facebook live, I said, okay, my next step, I guess, is instrumentation and figuring out how to record these songs in the midst of a pandemic. Right. Wish me luck. And that was the end of the feed. And about a week later, Scotty McBee, who is our drummer now for Superstar Mafia. I didn't know that. He started of March of 2020 as we were going. He's a jack of all trades, Scotty McBee. And that guy, he just called me because DM, I have a lot of time on my hands right now. Wasn't that every musician in 2020, right? (laughs) And I said, yes, you do. And he goes, it's your lucky day. I would really like to help produce all these songs. And I said, how are we going to do it? Because I'm not leaving my house. You know, he was, he was very adamant that, you know, I'm going to have to do everything remote. And I said, how are we going to do that remotely? I mean, this is going to be crazy, but you don't know. And I need to back up just a moment. That was in about August of 2020. Okay. In July of 2020, when Troy Schuster had first reached out to me, he said, I have some friends. I want you to come over to my house. Everybody's pretty cool about, you know, like we'll space each other out if we can wear masks. But he goes, I want to just jam some of your songs. And I want you to kind of put together like a proposal of what your goals are and, and what your vision is. Right. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay. That's a tall order. But he brought in some amazing people like Dan Weller mm-hmm. and Chris Borkman and, and his brother. And it was just, I mean, the Borkman brothers as well, just, we all just got to sit and for three and a half hours, I picked their brain and they just sat there and played through some of my songs and showed me different things. It's kind of like Songland, you know what I mean? Like literally I was able to just show them a song and they were just kind of picking and grinning, if you want to say on different songs. And what that did was just push me even further. Okay. Now I really want to do this. Mm-hmm. And so when Scotty said, I want to, I want to do this, I said, you know what? I have a few people who will already contribute and I know they can record in their homes Yeah, and we can do everything wave by wave and we'll just do it on the DAW, you know, and I had to learn, I didn't know anything about DAW. I didn't learn, I didn't know nothing. And so I, so which DAW did you pick? 
the free one. Oh, Reaper? Audacity. Oh, Audacity is another free. I, I use Reaper, so yes. Reaper, okay. Yeah, that's well, another free one. Audacity was the quick choice, and I sold my dining room set in four hours on Facebook Marketplace, and I turned my dining room into a recording So now I'm curious, because I always like this. What's your husband think of all this? He loves it. He just sits back and watches and grins. And is he at all musical? No. Neither, but he loves me, music. But he's my wife. She's she doesn't. Yeah, you know, you know what? I think that we've been married twenty five years, and I really think the success is is that yes, we are a, a married couple. Right. We are also individuals with amazing passions of what we each want to do, and we support that one hundred and fifty percent. We don't have to be tied to it so closely that we have to be ingrained in each of those. Right. But we very much support, and it's the foundation of why we're able to be successful. He has his own business. He has for years. There's a whole story there too. And I support him 150%. So I'm one of those lucky, lucky, lucky people who Mm -hmm. have a partner who just sits back and is like, go girl, do it. And that is, it's, that is 50% of my success is that I have a family that supports your boys too. They <laughs> love it. Are you kidding me? Oh my god, my boys are like your dad band. Oh no, your dad band practicing tonight. <laughs> you know, my yeah. older son especially. No, no, they're actually they're actually all for it. I mean, they're my biggest cheerleaders. That's great. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. Uh, my wife's the same way. We have a really good, and she loves music, but she's not musical. Uh, and unfortunately, like the thing she's really good at, and we've been home for fourteen months now. She bakes. And that's why I put on the COVID. It's not even the COVID-20, Deanne. It's the COVID-30. It's all my get. Every time I come out of here, she's baking something. It smells amazing. It tastes even better. And I was like, in blessed, some ways. You're a blessed man, a kept man. Come on, man. I know, but I'm like, I'm <laughs> fat as a house. And I was like, I may have to, uh, she may have to go back to work just to. <laughs> I anyway. think you're, you're not alone. I think there's a lot oh of people. God. Everybody is dealing with it right now. Like, I have to get, I mean, I'm in Superstar Mafia. If you go and look at any of the Mafia pictures, I'm in these little outfits with, you know, a, a fedora. Right. And I'm like, okay, what outfit can I put on that I can actually <laughs> wear on stage right now no. and get away with? No, I had a, a meeting in person for the first time. And, and I, my day job, I'm a public policy guy. Okay. So I actually dress up for that job. Uh, I had literally one pair of pants that still fit comfortably. And I was like, well, either you need to lose weight, right? And soon, or you're going to have to invest in a lot of more clothes. And I really don't want to buy more clothes. No. Um, they so always yes. say, don't do it. Right? They say, adjust to what you have in your closet. <laughs> right? <laughs> anyway, that's too funny. Yeah. So well, my day job, I didn't get to mention, I actually did start working again after my right. kids got old enough and I'm in um, healthcare staffing. So I actually was traveling quite a bit um, with my job and I was on six flights the week before everything shut down. So it was a true halt. It was a true yeah. hit the wall moment for me. Of I think it was for everybody. Yeah. Isn't it just crazy? I mean, yeah. uh, we played at the Jacobson. We were playing at the Jacobson once a month. Mm-hmm. And it's so we, we talked about Stephanie a little bit. And Stephanie never gets sick. Like Stephanie's just, you know, because she's, you know, super healthy. She doesn't eat processed food. She's vegan. And, and that night, she was like, I don't feel well. Like she wasn't feeling. Um, and. It, she never got a COVID test, but I'd be shocked. I mean, she was sick as a dog for like yeah. two weeks total. And just from that, like we were playing all these gigs and kind of hit, hitting our stride and just like, nope, nothing. Right. Right. Uh, and, and my wife, what we just talked about, I was sitting in this very office 
typing or, and then she's walk and I'm like, what are you doing here? She's like, Oh, well, they sent everybody home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That kind of thing too, for you. Yeah. For me, it was really, I got home and I, I was going to go to the office the next day. My flight comes in and it was a little eerie on the last flight from Chicago to um, Kansas city, really up in New York. I didn't notice anything really major. I was in Albany and Buffalo. And then I went down to Raleigh and I got up to Chicago and in Chicago, I noticed on the flight from Chicago to Kansas city, nobody was taking drink service. Mm-hmm. Like usually it's like, Oh, I'll take a Coke and right. peanuts. And they would walk down the aisle and everybody was shaking their head. And I would say, I already had seen there's 20 people wearing masks already. And that was back in March. Like people were already kind of starting to catch on. Like the, the reality was starting to sit in, but it didn't for me until I got a call from my boss the next day. I was going to go to work. She called me early in the morning. She goes, or she texted me. I should call. She can't call. Nobody calls anybody. Right. Right. She texts me and she says, Hey, don't come in. You're quarantined for two weeks. <laughs> and I went, what? Right. And then like the next week, everybody was home. So that was the reality. But I also remember hearing a rumor that like the National Guard was coming in and all this. Oh, yeah. Did you hear all that? People had just go. It was like, I remember hearing that and thinking, what? And so then when I started researching it, I was like, oh, they're just having a staging area for, there was like a staging area, I think, or something. I don't know. But it was just a very surreal, yeah. weird time. Well, I think the entire thing, it's a Rorschach test of us as a culture. Um, I really think it is because you have people, we've run the gamut. We have people that have completely like, I don't believe it and it's fake and mm-hmm. but, and on that game. And then you have people like they're double vaccinated. They still double mask. They won't even leave their house. You know what I'm saying? Like it is extreme. It's so it's been really yeah. fascinating to me to mm-hmm. see how, and, and the best thing. So you've told about your mom, my mom is 88. Okay. Um, and st- still does great and still lives by herself and still, and uh, it was so great to have her in my life because for a lot of reasons, but because, you know, in this case, you know, she lived through the great depression. Wow. She lived through the second world war. Wow. She had an uncle who had tuberculosis. She remembers polio outbreaks where they closed the pool. Um, and so she was really good. Like, we'll get through this. Like it's, you know, be safe, be smart, wear a mask. Don't go out unless you have to, but no, this isn't the end of the world. It'll get better. And that positive, yeah. amazing. And she's push. back at the gym like three or four days a week now. You know, Calvin Coolidge, I have a quote on my website and, it, and I can't quote it all right here. Right. I wish I had it memorized for you, but it's all about to push on. Yeah. And, you know, you have talent. You have amazing talent, educated people. I mean, if you read that quote that I have out there, the very end says, but none of this matter. At the end of the day, the ones that actually are the ones who are successful truly are those who know how to have grit and to push on. And that is really what has helped the human race on every level. Yeah. But it's interesting. I I agree. Parents have been, it's interesting because being different generations, right. Mm And our generation versus our parents' generation Mm -hmm. and I was taking it very seriously to the point where I was like, okay, Hey, I'm all about my loved ones being protective. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like my, my band early on, like the first week was like half of them said, we're not leaving the house because we're high risk and there's no way. Right. And you know what? There wasn't an ounce of the rest of us who were a little more like lenient of maybe going out or wearing our mask, getting out of the house more or whatever. Nobody argued. They said, we all agreed immediately. We care too much about all of you. We will just simply put it on hold. And right. we were very fortunate because Scotty McBee found Jam Kazam. Yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> no? And let me tell you, we've added over 30 songs 
in the past Jam- year because of Jam Kazam. So for people that don't know that listen to this podcast, Jam Kazam is a app that you can put on your Mac or your thing. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, the, the problem that musicians always have is that there's something that they it's called lag. And essentially what that is, is by the time that you hear something and let's say Scotty McBee's playing guitar at his house, by the time it gets back to you and when you're singing something, it doesn't match up. There's a lag and it, you can't do it. Um, and Jam Kazam, thankfully, was there. And I, and I know they're constantly updating it. I, I actually are. had a thing yesterday that they're said, so get rid of the one you have and put a new one up. Yeah, so we get update upgrades all the time. So this has become a whole new world for Superstar Mafia. We struggled with a really a place to rehearse before. And, and really, Scotty McNeil, let's be honest, his, 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 his calling card says, no, I don't rehearse. I mean, he doesn't need to. No, but doesn't. for us, <laughs> he's gracious enough to do you know a little bit of that, which is so nice of him. And he's... He's a great friend. So, but through COVID, it was more than just rehearsal. It was mental wellness. Let's be honest. Oh, absolutely. So for us to be able to have something, we worked our tail ends off trying to get everything right. And we found the perfect, we found like the, 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 what do we say? The, the honey, the honeycomb. We, We found that perfect piece that we all were able to get on and actually not have the lag. We had, we figured out the port. <laughs> I mean, there is a yeah. lot of tech involved. Everybody had to become a tech specialist. Everybody did. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, the thing is, is that it really did help us because we are tighter as a band. Our first time out was last week, uh, two weeks ago at, at Barley's Shawnee. Oh. I know I'm biased, but we killed it. You That's would never great. know. We had not played right out since March, 2020. And That's we, great. We had a great night, wonderful crowd. And man, we just, it was just like somebody lit the flame again. And we were like, yeah. Well, that's cool that everybody yeah. got on the uh, computer train. Yeah. Uh, I, I can speak from personal experience. We had a little bit of like, I don't know, I don't do that. And I don't know what, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's cool that all your band was able to do that. Yeah. And you know, those who have struggled, we made it work. We found a way. We, we supported. I mean, there's a few who, who struggled a little bit with it, with, I don't have any idea. Well, we have people who do know, right. so let's come in and let's educate you, you know? And I think that's something, if you aren't willing to be, if you aren't willing to at our age, but for my age, anyway, I'm not going to speak for you, Jamie, but for you my age, my okay. For us, <laughs> you need to be willing to have a very open mind on technology, on, on what's the, what's another way, what's a better way, what works these pain points we have and for superstar mafia it was jam kazam because we were having to try and pay i don't know two hundred dollars a month for a a rehearsal space that's ridiculous no yeah we nobody had the right we didn't have the tools we didn't have the right area to do that and this has become a new whole new area for us um we don't have to rehearse right now we're good we're pretty solid but if we need to we can hop on there at any time that's great so yeah we do it at my house and guess what? We don't have to move a drum kit. We don't have to do any of that. You know, we just, that's just, great. It's just all plugged well, That's in. why I have those e-drums down there. But you know, uh, yeah. it's funny. Uh, that's when my kids complain. And I was like, are you kidding, kid? I've been waiting my whole life to have the band come to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just literally go down the stairs and hit the on button on my guitar and I'm good to go. So it's no, so nice. I, I tell you, I totally get it. So for this album, what, what's the, I know you have your, your you're going to do your, uh, so tell people about this, your, your big kickoff party. What, what yeah. Is this? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think to, first and foremost, it's June 2nd. It's in the middle of the week. It's a Wednesday night. I think that actually is actually very enduring of me. Oh my because- God, you're going to do 
against Jerry's Jam Night. What are you doing, Deanne? Guess what? I have people <laughs> who are actually putting things on hold on a Jerry's Jam Night to wow. come in and support this. You have so, some cachet then. Um, it's not even cachet. It's more of just, you know what? I think integrity is a big thing in the music world. Um, and I've spent a lot of years now building those relationships. And I'm not trying to toot my horn. I'm just saying people support talent but people support integrity too and if you say you're going to do something do it you do it yeah and i feel like fortunately i'm a true believer you surround yourself with people who are more talented and and at a higher level than you in any situation it's going to elevate you and bring you up in any situation and fortunately i had a lot of yeses and That's great. it's been really good. So where is it? It is going to be at Kane family farm. It's in Togonoxie, Kansas. All right. It starts at seven 30. We're not going to keep it real late. It is family friendly. Right. Um, bring a lawn chair. There's plenty of seating, but it's also going to be one of those things that, you know, I'm not sure. So bring lawn chairs in your back, of your car, just in case we'll start at seven 30. Um, it's free admission. Um, the players in the band will consist of Troy Schuster on drums Scotty McBee on guitar, Chad Borquin on guitar, Damian Gunn on bass, and of course, yours truly singing. So sounds fun. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. But I, I, you know, I'm sure you plan on leading in on this. But this song has been a real, uh, this song, not just the song, play them cards, but the whole album has been a real labor of love, especially in the last three months um, for me. And I, you and I had talked a little bit about. Yeah, that. and and and. Uh... I would get to, you know, it's, it's totally your comfort level. I, I certainly, and um, just to put a little perspective, my dad is why I play music. My dad was a jazz trumpeter. Um, my dad played in big bands. My dad taught at the university of Nebraska was a musician and uh, you know, all of the stuff. And, you know, if I think, you know, I know we had a little, a little whiskey, but if I think about it, I'll get a little teary eyed too. And uh, uh, he, uh, he got sick in 2000 and, from his diagnosis of lung cancer until he died was seven weeks, uh, which was not wow. nearly enough, not enough time. So with your dad, you know, I, I think it's great that you're honoring him. A lot of things I tried every time I get up on stage with Deanne, at some point I'll think of him. Yep. Um, one of the crappy mics that he played for years that he dropped on the ground too much, probably when he had too much beer in him playing someplace. Um, when I do my acoustic deal, it's the microphone I use. <laughs> Just I love to, that. That's just great. as a way, because just like, you know, and, and, and I, I, it's kind of cliche, but I think it's true in a way they don't die. Oh, they're with us hundred percent. So, so tell me about your dad. Yeah. So, you know, I started, like I said, when I started recording this, my dad, he would call all of his kids pretty much. He had kind of a day of the week he would call. So we could expect dad's call, you know, and um, he'd been through some stuff in the last two to three years and our family was a little bit disconjointed and that's not like our family at all. So not major, but just, just a little bit. And it was to a point where with us kind of all spread out in life had, had been happening. We all needed to connect again. We used to have family reunions all the time, like every two years, like extended family reunions out in Roaring River. We're big fishermen, outdoors people. He's an RV dealer, right? Right. Even though he will tell you he never wanted to deal with a, a gray water tank. So he would always book a hotel. <laughs> but now he's like me there. Yeah, right. He was a great jokester. The guy had an amazing sense of humor. And I mean, I, I can't, I probably shouldn't do it on the air. I'll, I'll tell you some jokes after this. You will just love them. Okay. But you know, the, the reality is, is that the people loved him in the community. He had a real um, footprint in the Wichita, Augusta, Andover area. And um, so having said that, so 
back in February, um, he, he was very excited about the songs. A year ago, I wrote Play Them Cards during that whole series. And interestingly enough, there was this pot in there that I had decided to have a speaking part. And I chose to speak it myself. So I did. And I had my scratch, you know, how you do your scratch. Right. And I let Superstar Mafia through Jam Kazam listen to it. I wanted their, their feedback. So they listened to it. And then at the end, I said, what do you think? And they loved it. They were like, this is great. You know, we're going to do great things with it. But one of my musician friends, Skip Godley, said, DM, is that the speaking part you had in there? Which I thought was a little cheesy that I, I spoke. It right. was a little bit weird for me. He goes, was that something your dad used to say to you? Or did you just come? I said, no, those were my dad's words. He used to say that to me growing up. Like, that's with all of us kids. He said, why is he not speaking it then? Mm-hmm. And it was like this moment of just, and me and Scotty both were like, oh, we just couldn't believe. We were like, why were, why did we not think of that? So immediately I had to write this email. I wish I could show it to you, Jamie. It was the most tech, like I had to walk through the process of what to do to record his voice, voice remotely. Cause I hadn't mm-hmm. seen my parents all of 2020. No, right? you can't. Yeah, I can't. No. So they literally were able to pull off. I had recorded my voice. He listened to it with one ear and had like a one ear plug in an earbud, excuse me, in one ear. And then he had another phone recording and he would be able to listen to me. So he hit every word like I did. And he actually has his voice recorded on my song, play them cards. The beautiful thing about this is if you fast forward to February of 2021, this part isn't so beautiful, but my niece and nephew and her four children, their house burned down to the ground the first part of February. And they only had their front porch left. They mm-hmm. lived outside of Augusta about 20 minutes. They couldn't, the fire department just couldn't get out there fast enough. Right. They're all fine, but they didn't have anywhere to go. They moved into my parents' home. Here comes the community, food, donations, everything. It became a revolving door, right? Mm-hmm. They'd been really great. They'd been really protective of themselves, been doing pretty good. And we don't know how, right. but somehow two weeks later, my dad ended up being very sick. He's a, he still was selling cars on lots just for extra money and things like that. So he never really told anybody he wasn't feeling well. Mm-hmm. So at least a week after he had the fever originally for COVID, which we found out later, he had, um, he started laying in bed for about two or three days. And my mom called me randomly. Um, I'll never forget. It was about the 21st of February. Cause my, my son's a diver for late the East and he was at state dive competition. And that night she said, he has a high fever and he's been in bed for several days. And I said, mom, you have to get him in Monday night. I was at the rewards awards ceremony for my son. And I got it out of the award ceremony and my phone had blown up. And she had admitted him to the hospital in Andover with COVID pneumonia. Mm. You said seven weeks for your dad. I had four weeks. Yeah. I was fortunate enough though. We were far enough along with this, that once he shed the virus, I was able to actually be in the room with him with a mask. So I was able to sit with him all the way till his last breath. So having that song and he was so excited about this album. He would, he would, every time he called me, ask me about it. What's next? What's happening? Who are the players? What's going on? Um, so it's it's been a real, and I'm holding it together pretty good on this. I'm, I'm That's surprised. Okay. It's good. That's tough, man. It is. It's tough, and I know you can completely relate. But um, th- he passed on March 22nd, and we waited until April 17th to have his memorial um, 
for good reason. I had a trip planned to Arizona already. His, his mother lives in Durango, Colorado. My son attends college there. Right. It's my last grandparent living. I was able to go visit her. I already had a trip planned to go see Corbin. So I was able to go and see her. I went to Arizona and saw his sister. There were just some things that needed to happen. And then we had his memorial on April 17th. And um, through all of that, I had people just working behind the scenes. I had you know, a place up in Michigan called um, um, Copycats doing the CDs. And I had, I mean, it was full on through this entire time. All these people were texting saying, I've got your back. We're taking care of it. We've got what we need. All the mastering was done through um, weights and measures. And I mean, we just, people just stepped up and it was already, they were already stepping up, but then it just like happened so quickly mm-hmm. and I didn't have to think too much. It was like people, just the Kansas city music community stepped in. And from there, um, I, I, the best thing about this to me is that I had it dedicated to my family. My heart was like on the, you know, my little words was dedicated to my family, my heart. And then the day after he passed, I thought, I had just sent everything to finalize like oh, maybe a week before. And I thought they're already printing it. I can't change anything, but I just happened to reach out and said, Hey, Justin, who's with copycats up in Michigan. Here's the situation is, have you already started? And he reached back and said, you're not going to believe it. We were going to do it today. And he goes, we ended up moving it to tomorrow. What do you want to change? I said, just dedicate it to my father, Billy L. Lauren Ledgerwood Jr. And he said, Done. And I was able to actually change that one little thing. And so you have your microphone. Well, I have my dedication on the album. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's nice. You know, there's, there's so much with that. Um, you know, grief takes its own time, right? It's and not on anybody's schedule. It just takes your own time. And, uh, you know, I, I, we talked earlier about hard rock and, you know, we just saw this with Wolfgang Van Halen, who is obviously greatly grieving for his father and it's doing it in a very public way. Um, there's no, there's no shortcut. There's no thing. And, uh, man, it's tough. It's you know, you can tough. meet people where they are when you've gone through something close to what they've gone through. My best friend actually lost her mom two weeks after my dad. Mm. So like I had, she had lost her father a couple of years ago. Yeah. I had gone through that with her. I tried to meet her where she was. I could, to a point I could support her. I could do a lot of things, but with this, with my father passing and her mother now passing within two weeks of each, I think it might've been three weeks. It was just, there's just a layer of understanding. And even my bass player, Damien Gunn, I say my bass player, he's his own player. He's his own person, but he is helping me out with this album. And Damien lost his mom a year ago, year plus ago. And, you know, I get it now. Like you just kind of go, okay, I connect with you. I get it. Like, however that grieving works for you, it's the right way and it's okay. Yeah. So. No, I totally get that. And if it, if, if it makes you feel at all better, so kind of a full circle thing for me, um, we talked about my young, my older son is at the University of Nebraska um, and he has a beautiful singing voice. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I tell everybody, I have a voice that's perfect for harmony vocals. I'm not a lead singer. <laughs> so, uh, and my dad was, it was a, my dad was a really good singer, had a beautiful voice. Um, and so my son having this kind of thing, it's, and my son was born the year after my dad died. Um, so he never knew him or anything. And it's so interesting. And a huge thing with this podcast is about how much this is from families and, you know, and it's a huge, a huge spread through the whole thing. 
And when he was in, uh, my son was in fourth grade or fifth grade over here at Corinth Elementary. And he said, I, I want to be in the musical. And we're like, fine. And they never really heard him sing or anything. And then he comes back. He's like, oh, I'm the lead. And I'm like, oh, it's great. Um, I'll probably cry thinking about it right now. And he just said, so my mom's sitting next to me. Um, and he gets, and it's, he just opens his mouth. And his eyes look just like my dad's. Mm. And it was like, oh, my God. It's like that connection. So now he's at the University of Nebraska where my dad taught. Same building that my dad spent hours and hours, Kimball Music Recital mm-hmm. Hall. And COVID sucks. Totally. Totally sucks. Yes. It's terrible. The only thing good is they've been streaming all these. You know, I couldn't go up on a weekday up to Lincoln's three hours. And there's kind of this full circle thing that in the same building that my dad had an office and taught and everything, his grandson is singing in that same building. Um, anyway, nobody would get more joy and satisfaction out of that than my dad. So for what it's worth, it doesn't bring him back. It doesn't make, but I, I think some of those things help. It honors them. It Absolutely. just, it just connects that, that what we already know, it just kind of helps connect that for us who are left here on this, in this realm, in this world. It, it just helps us in this space to understand that what has been an imprint that they have put can live on and mm-hmm. it's honored and it's carried over and mm-hmm. things do come full circle. For me, my son, Corbin is in Durango at Fort Lewis uh, college. And he's a huge, he's an Eagle scout. He's an outdoorsman. My dad was a huge outdoorsman, obviously fisherman. One of my songs, fish fry. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, dirt road, like we, these songs, several of them, not all of them are really based on my growing up with my father. And he did not get to come back during those four weeks. And it was really hard for him. He'd been on fishing trips with my dad. He, my dad gave him actually back in January, my dad's ankles were bad. And so he didn't feel like he could fish as much as he had. So he gave his entire tackle box, which this thing was like, imagine you can imagine like this tackle box was the Holy grail Mm -hmm. tackle boxes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he gave it to Corbin and Carson, my sons. And so they have that now. I mean, there's just so many little, I wish I could tell you all the vignettes I have in my mind that there's so many stories that go along with this album that I have, I won't have time to tell today, but I promise you, I will be able to point out some of the new information on some of these songs at the actual release party on June 2nd. And I think as we go forward with exciting, the exciting thing is I'm starting to get some real traction on being able to be the storytelling is the piece I'm excited about. Right. You know, that's the silver lining to this whole thing is that now I get to tell the story of my dad. I get to tell the story of his life. I get to tell a story. It becomes a whole different, um, it's a deeper moment for this album where before I didn't quite understand why are these things in my head? Why am I, why do I need to do this so bad? Why does the drive? Mm-hmm. Well, now I know what the drive is. I have a connection. I understand the purpose and I know the why. So having said that, I get to, on the 29th of June, be out at Chicken Pickle for Songwriter Circle. And I get to actually do that. And Scotty's going to, you know, it, it makes sense. He gets to help to uh, accompany me. I'm not the best guitar player, so he's going to help with that. And I get to tell some stories and kind of spotlight these songs. So, Absolutely. And, and I think that's a great place to wrap up because I think the thing that all musicians, whether you're you and me and what we do, or whether you are, I don't know, Paul McCartney or whatever, it's the connections and the friendships that you develop over this as that's the most special part of it. 
Yes, absolutely. And that is what I take away and uh, feel very deep about um, the people who've been part of this whole process. So I want to make sure that they're honored and appreciated as well. So before we go, what's the best people? You're in their ears right now, Deanne, first time they've heard of you and they're intrigued and said, what's the best way for them to follow you? Absolutely. If you go to deanneofficial.com, that is my website. You'll be able to see all of the information about the album release party, um, all the lyrics. You can actually kind of dig down if you want to know more about each song. It's very laid out. Um, also, my schedule of my Superstar Mafia, where I'm going to be. If you want to come see me live, it's all out there for you to see. Absolutely. Well, it's so nice to meet you literally in person. Yes. Jamie, uh, thank you. I wish you the best of success with the album, and uh, I'll you. come out at some point and say hello in person I while you're up so. on stage. So, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Deanne, everybody. Again, thanks so much, Deanne, for coming over, having a cocktail, telling all about stuff. And man, you know, sometimes things get emotional. Um, losing a parent, man, it's just never easy. And I, certainly with COVID, it makes it much worse. Uh, so I appreciate Deanne for being so open and honest about that and, and uh, wish her and her family the best. So that's going to do it for this time for Trading Fours. Hey, next time. You know, there's a reason why so many musicians are in Nashville. It's because it's a great music scene, and I'm, we're going back to Nashville. I have got uh, James D. Girolamo, who is a really good Nashville-based singer-songwriter. Uh, and for years, he was doing session work and being a side guy, but he has decided to step out of that kind of shadow role. And he is uh, in the forefront now. He has a brand-new EP coming out called Paper Boats, and we're going to talk all about that. So that's next time. Until then, uh, be sure to look down in the show notes, not only about Deanne's information, uh, but my buddy Hartzell's information on the event that they're putting on down at Lemonade Park. There's that information. And finally, once again, uh, if you're digging the podcast and want some more exclusive content like videos, including today's interview with Deanne, I did video of that. Transcripts, that kind of stuff. Sign up. Thanks so much. All right. Go out. Support live music. And we'll talk real soon. Bye-bye.